This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a podcast of Rare Antiquities, special edition again. Today we are going back to the land of punishment that is Star Trek Picard. Welcome, gentlemen, and welcome, Nathan. First time you're joining us to review the show. How are you? Doing pretty good. It's a little bit past my bedtime, but I'm actually glad to kind of talk about this. Okay. Just to, you know, Jeff, it's been a while since we've done this, but and Nathan, you're joining us for the first time to talk about Picard, so we'll just try and keep this short and sweet, like an hour at most, so I'll do my best to kind of watch the time and move through some points. First, because Nathan, you did not join us for the past two seasons of Picard. I'm assuming you finished watching both seasons by now. Give us your high-level thoughts on those two seasons. Yeah, very briefly, you know, I I was largely positive on the first season. The second season, yeah, for me, it was a real slog. And then I I think about halfway through the season two, I just stopped watching. And that's when it it was on. So that was, was that last year or early last year? I was like, I don't even want to go back. I'm just, I'm done with it. And I did not finish season two until just earlier this week, just in preparation for this. Yeah, I really didn't like it to the point where I even questioned my feelings about the first season which was certainly not perfect i think probably a lot of that's sort of colored by my feelings for many of the people involved with the show yeah so that's kind of my high level view of no the, fair of enough shows. yeah Jeff, has your opinion changed at all since we've watched them? No, not really. I think my opinion on season one is largely the same, which was sort of medium positive. You know, I, I liked season one well enough. I think there was some good moments there, you know, some some fun character moments and some fun callbacks. And, you know, then bringing Jerry Ryan in was great. And then some real questionable story beats, especially in the finale. But, you know, like, again, it was fine. Season two, I liked the first episode. thought the second episode was okay and then largely a total disaster mm-hmm. of a TV show after that. Uh, I mean, John Delancey managed to class join up a little bit when he, you know, his limited screen time. But yeah, season two was, I think you'd have to say season two of Picard was was a total failure. So yeah, my opinion, garbage shit, both of them. So let's, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> For those interested in listening to our reviews, go back and listen. They are there in the interwebs. So let's talk about season three. So I'm going to break this out so we can kind of focus on certain aspects. So let's talk about the cold open here. So you get the introduction with Beverly Crusher, and then we'll stop right after the opening credits. Nathan, because you haven't joined us for any of the Picard stuff yet until today, I'll give you the honor of going first. Okay, the cold open... I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. You know, been a while since seeing Gates McFadden. Well, anything really. I'm not that familiar with her acting career all that much outside of Trek. But I thought it was actually kind of, you know, so it's fun to see her. And she probably did more in like that first like couple of minutes than, you know, probably like five or six episodes of Next Gen combined. But that was that was some cold blooded shit uh, that she was pulling mm-hmm. down with that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's sort of repeating some of the, my mixed feelings of the show of like, well, we're well, everything's dark and gritty and, you know, some blue lights in the background sort of thing. And sorry, that are we at Chateau Picard? No, no, no. Uh, 
the cold yeah. open only with, okay. with Beverly Col- Crusher and, and yes. the intro, like the credits. If you wanted to talk about that, we'll stop there. Oh, uh, I thought the credits were fine. I got more to say about the end credits. I thought those were a little bit better. I don't know. Not much to say other than it's like, okay, we're just, we're jumping into the action. Fine. That's good. You know, Gates McFadden looks like she's, you know, here to play. Okay. Jeff, how about yourself? Those bad guys had some real stormtrooper energy, didn't they? Can't hit shit. No, they look down, like a cross between quick. Stormtroopers and Death Dealer from Shang-Chi, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I can only echo. Great to see Gates again. She doesn't do too much acting, I don't think. And we wonder if it's going to be, like, how difficult it's going to be for somebody to fall into their role again. But same as with Frakes, it's almost like she never left, so great to see her interesting open you know yeah that we're we're into the modern tv it's dark and gritty and that's what they're going for with the series and i'm all right with it has some nemesis vibes already i'm all right with it and i kind of like that they got rid of the old opening credit sequences mm, from seasons mm, one and oh, two they they weren't great you know they were going for something different that's okay and this is just more modern title card Got a couple cues from First Contact soundtrack. Yes, Great. yes, I wrote that down. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, that just, I was like, mm, yep, dig it. Yep, I will, you know, echo your thoughts, dig it. First Contact notes were the first two notes played right as the first scene that started there. You know, I dug the good action. You guys talked about how they looked like stormtroopers. What was interesting to me is how they had the automatic laser rifles. They were shooting like, you know, like they were yeah. M16s. I thought that was kind of cool. I liked it. There's a few scenes, and they keep talking about, especially with Rafi's character later. I'm I'm not going to jump over there yet. But there's a lot of district this and district that. And these bad guys look like the aliens from District 9. You know, they look like them, sounded like them. You know, I'm not sure if there was something stolen from that design aspect of it. But it just, that's what it felt like to me. But I'll say that the action was staged much better than in Season 2. I don't know if you guys remember the shitty Borg battle they had on Earth in the past with Laris and all those guys and they couldn't even they look like the actors oh, yeah. even know how to hold the rifle at least yeah. here gates with her experience from before and with the focus to the details now look like she knew what she was doing and she even had the the cartridge empty or the rifle jam on her and she kind of looked at it and held it it looked like it was proper and i like the way she also got hit a couple of times once in the shoulder once in the abdomen i thought that was really cool it really built all the attention and for gates mcfadden who's done almost nothing in any of the movies or anything since she's had her own standalone episodes on the show, it was nice to see her have something here. You know, obviously it looks much older than she used to, which is par for the course, but that was great. But the score was great. I love the First Contact and TNG music in the short but sweet credits. And I'm glad that those old credits were also vaporized, just like these bad guys. So... So now we go back to Chateau Picard. We'll have the Picard scenes with Laris. Picard getting the signal. We will not talk about him and Riker at going to the bar just yet. Just you could talk about the setup here with Picard and his interactions with Laris. Jeff, what are your thoughts? I think Laris is one of the bright points of season one for sure. I don't necessarily want to say season two because there weren't really any bright points from that. But they created a good character almost, it feels like almost without realizing that they created a great character. Maybe that's because the actor, like she was really good and did really well with what she had, which is very much. So they feel obligated to keep bringing her back. I like I like that instinct. You find good people and you try to find a place for them. Unfortunately, I feel like it's going to be the same as sort of last season, which is, all right, well, we'll see you later. You know, it's just kind of too bad that the show hasn't been able to find its space like it's like okay we're not tng we're star trek we're not really star trek and we got these other new characters and the other and the new characters sometimes are work like i feel like the characters they wanted to make work in this universe didn't and they you know they jettisoned just about all of them 
We'll say they jettisoned every character except for Raffi because Jerry Ryan was never supposed to be a regular. That's just, she's great. So they're like, fuck, bring her in. And everybody else was just fat, you know, like they got rid of everybody else. And and that's fine because they kind of stink. And so it's kind of a shame that the ones, the characters that do work don't get any time. So I'm sort of mixed on it. Like maybe they should have just forgotten all about Laris, forgotten all about Chateau Picard. Like maybe we don't need it. Well, I think you do need it in the sense that the end of season two, which is the dumb love story for Picard and dealing with his trauma and all that stuff. Now he can be ready for a relationship. So it ends with them being ready for that. So obviously you need to start from that perspective. And yeah, and you know, obviously I don't know any spoilers, but just from what's going on here, I don't, you know, I hope we don't see her again. That's my opinion. (laughs) She does not. We'll see her eventually, but Uh, like, yeah, she's not part of it, right? Like, uh, we don't fuck this Irish Vulcan character. I'm. I'm You don't like her? No, I'm not a fan. It's not well. Whatever comes across as Irish, but anyways, I don't have nothing against the actor in play here. Doing fine. It's just I don't think she has chemistry with Picard in any scene here or in the past seasons. It's just a shoehorned plot device that they wanted to explore, and it didn't work. And I'm okay with her here because you now you have to address it and now let her go away. That's my opinion. I hope she gets poochied and we never see her again. So that's my opinion. How about you, Nathan? A little bit more with Jeff. I mean, I mean, I would, I will agree that there's probably not a ton of chemistry necessarily between the two. You know, you're dealing with, you know, Patrick Stewart, who could just like create chemistry just on his own. She's just doing fine. But I just feel like the writing is just not really there and not giving them anything. I'm sort of with Jeff. I think with her, they've created an, an interesting character in that, you know, she's a former spy. So she would have been, you know, like, you know, the Federation would have been her enemy. And now, like, after then why this, not use her? So that's the whole thing. Well, that's if the that's what I mean. Like that's the problem, right? Is that you introduce a potentially interesting character, and she is sidelined to just the mate who's just kind of around sometimes. You know, she's like trying to be a good example. The first one that came to mind was like the the aunt that would sometimes like walk on set on the old Batman sixty six show. You know, like no, oh, it's Aunt whatever, and she would just like walk to the background, and it's like so. It's like this. We're like, why even make this a character that he interacts with? You know, it was I, I don't know. I, I think that they they tried to do something and it's like well it's we don't really care about this so we're just going to sort of move on what they did with her in season two is i mean just ludicrous but i will say i kind of want that painting of the enterprise no no i I want that other one with the evil picard (laughs) the confederate oh that i'd like that that one one. too that was good yeah that one'd be pretty good actually you know what no no confederate cisco there we go it would just look like regular cisco No, but he wouldn't have any sleeves. Yeah, he wouldn't have any <laughs> That's sleeves. That's true. He wouldn't have any yeah. sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. It's the he might be shot. wearing a straight jacket. That's right. <laughs> Are you guys, sorry, weird tangent. I know we want to keep this under an hour. Are you, I don't know if you, you guys probably don't follow the Star Trek comics at all, but they did like a mirror universe of next generation and like evil universe Picard. Like it's like an awesome uniform with no sleeves and he's like super jacked. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> Look, yeah, you need a painting of that. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, uh, like in first contact when he lost the sleeves, I mean, he was, he was was pretty jacked that's not that's not no, really uh, jacked yeah he was he in had, shape sorry i shape. sorry i forgot your subtle gradations of the male <laughs> uh, yeah that's okay he was in shape he did he did some curls before that scene well, there's a trick. This is what Hugh Jack has said, is they don't have any water for the longest yeah, yeah. time. No, I know, and I and know. then they'll have a bunch of sugar water right before they, they're seen. And they and that's when all the veins start popping and stuff like that. They, they deprive themselves just for those shots. It's not like he was in the gym. Like Patrick Stewart's a reasonably fit man, always has been. He did some curls for first contact. 
There you go. Anyways, I'm giving him a compliment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, sounds more like a backhand comp, but yeah. uh, no, no, no. I, Harry's got essays on male physique. On like what's ripped, what's jacked, what's cut, <laughs> what's fit, what's shredded, what's swole. Did we talk how about they got this? There. We did. We have. Did had we that. talk about this when we, when we did Zardoz? I don't know. <laughs> Is it Zardoz? I have no idea. Okay. This is. We definitely talked. Definitely. Okay. Talk. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a whole other podcast. That's the after dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> After hours, right? Podcast. There you yeah. go. Yeah. But yeah, you know, with the Chateau Picard, like up to like meeting Riker, I don't know. I mean, it's it's some setup, I guess. But I mean, I didn't, if Laris wasn't there, I almost like wouldn't care. It's like, I didn't feel like I needed any resolution from what happened in season yeah. two. So I was always kind of laugh at like how the future sort of works in Star Trek because he says, oh yeah, pack that up and send it to Jordy. Like, just, yeah. you just beam it there. Like you live yeah, in a world. Like, exactly. Yeah. Good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, you are correct. It, it, this whole much, concept of moving and packing, it's just like beam everything you have here to this room in this other place. Done. Well, well also must, like, you know what they probably actually have? They, they probably have mobile pattern buffers for non-organic material, right? Like you just do, beam it into do, the buffer, which is... Do they have to set it up in that triangle formation that they do? Well, well that's you know? right, right? Yeah. But like the little kit that they kept Moriarty in, like that's basically a transporter yeah. buffer. Mm-hmm. They just like throw everything in there, walk it over to your spot, beam it back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. It should be like that. Agreed. But then there's the philosophical question of, is it actually the same item or not? Yeah. It is just kind of funny, like, the way that they never, like, Star Trek never really wants to deal with that idea. That is a great Star Trek episode right there. Yeah. You know, they beam the Mona Lisa. Is it really now the same? Is it the value the same? No. Anyways, how about the message and him receiving message there? I mean, that was fine. I don't know. It feels like it's like, okay, it's just, we just need the inciting incident to get him on his path to adventure. It just felt so like underwhelming in a weird way especially it's like oh now we got to go in like nostalgia town of like he's got to mm. pull out the old uniform and, and get the, the old communicator the, yeah. okay like, well the fine. note yeah the note i had here is is like why make it so convoluted that it has to go through his old communicator i mean i find it's a subspace message you don't think that she could encode it it is encoded yeah, but That's then it the would just thing. come straight to him at his home and he would have to unlock it or decrypt it using all of that kind of, you know, yeah. experience I, and old. It's not old like things. it's not like that communicator is like a burner phone. Like it's just you can just just send it to him. It's basically encrypt is what it is, right? So, because that's the other thing is like, oh, it's encoded. I'm like, that's kind of the wrong word. Like the word is encrypted. Like you, like there's encoding, but then there's also encryption, right? If you want it to be secure, it needs to be encrypted, not just encoded. So sorry, Star Trek writers, you got your science wrong again. They changed the meaning in the 25th century. I guess that's got to be the only. They flipped the script on that word. There you go. Jeff, yourself, anything about the... I mean, I agree with Nathan. It's a nothing scene. Any other comments here? No, I don't care about that shit. It's fine. Okay, let's move then to Picard and Riker at the bar. He calls Riker to meet at a bar, and then they have the conversation, and Riker's helping him decode with that Hellbird password hint that Beverly gave him in the transmission to figure out where the actual coordinates they need to find her. They have some nice jokes in the bar, some nice moments, pretty straightforward conversations. I mean, uh, Nathan, any thoughts on the bar scene there? Well, you know, I mean, those two, I mean, they can 
just get right back into a rhythm oh yeah like so easily it's, it's so it's pretty great uh, i sort of liked how he was a little miffed about the star trek d's not mm-hmm. selling well i guess the fat uh, enterprise it's the, the fat, fat enterprise. enterprise is what they called yeah yeah i laughed at that that was pretty funny you know what's weird seeing picard in a fucking beret like i, I get it you're french like he should have had like a white and black striped shirt and smoking like a long cigarette or something it's like, like a baguette uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, che- he's chewing on a baguette smoking yeah there. like a little um, pencil mustache yeah <laughs> did um, they do this in season one of picard like he was overtly french in disguise oh that was a terrible moment mm. it's bringing back bad memories anyways yeah yeah i don't know i mean i guess it's sort of like a necessary scene like okay we gotta they're gonna you know get together i don't know why it has to be at a bar like it like this weird clandestine meeting or something like that it's sort of it's kind of strange it's to make them cool they're hip i guess i don't know i mean i, I suppose you're where right. do you want it? Well, that's okay. I like the bar. It was fine. I like the Enterprise jokes there. That was cool. That's a good joke. So I think what Frakes is doing there, I've heard many, maybe you guys have heard the joke, but Frakes tells a story in almost every interview he does his first Star Trek convention. And he goes to a booth that's selling action figures and all they have are like Riker figures. And it's like, it was like two for 99 cents because nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the joke that Riker, that Frakes says is like, I guess nobody wanted the fat one. Oh, oh, okay. oh that's great. Yeah. You think yeah. he worked it in the here? A hundred percent. Oh, that's a hundred percent the joke. No, okay. And I remember oh, the story now. Fantastic. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. That was all done as a homage to his story. Yeah, that is fantastic. I love that joke as Joe, and that just oh, yeah. all, went all the more better that's now. Fun. Yeah, I mean the bar looked cool. It's like okay, future bar. You know, that's that's always fun. As a bar goer and whiskey drinker myself, I always love to see people in a bar drinking in a movie or a TV show. Give me that scene every day. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in when my it, when my guys are drinking whiskey in a bar. I mean, I agree. I almost kind of wish that it was just like like we can kind of get like more of a casual look at it. But everything is moving at like such a breakneck speed almost so far up to this point. That's like, OK, we got because then there's a little bit more setup of like the day that's coming up. Starfleet Front, Day. It's called Frontier Day. Frontier Day. Thank you. So Wait, it's like, OK, we know got what to... Frontier Day was. Did anybody? say what frontier day was it's no. a celebration though no, no nobody says what it is <laughs> okay maybe that'll come up later i don't think it's ever been even mentioned before in the extreme secular future of star trek they don't have days we have captain picard day and first contact day and i'm pretty sure that's it well there was two other days they showed there when rat we'll get to rap there, there were yeah yeah i don't know what i didn't write down what they were but one of them was frontier day okay. they still do christmas they do because they had a christmas party <laughs> on the original enterprise Yes. And Picard Generations. had a, a generation. Yeah, that's right. a Christmas yeah. party. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, it's a fine scene because it's it's fun to kind of see these like these actors get together like this. I yeah. Think. I mean, well, I think that's the highlight of this yeah. episode is just them. It's like the two buddies yeah. going on is what Riker says ready for it's isn't it overdue for us to go on one more road trip. Yeah. And that was really cool. And I enjoyed the banter between them. I really loved how Riker was able to immediately decode this message and you know I I was ready to make a, a joke again about Picard not being able to figure out anything because strangely enough on these two first two seasons and this first season first episode of this season again Picard isn't on top of things despite even him having an android body and a brain 
positronic yeah. <laughs> frame. Yeah. But, but so that's kind of a little weird for me, but they're just kind of ignoring that. And he's just back to the typical old man trope and out of his league trope, which is fine. But I really liked how Riker was able to kind of quickly decode the Hellbird message or Hellfire message, whatever it was that Beverly gave in that message and add those numbers and those digits so he could get the right coordinates and figure it out quickly. And in this scene, it's okay, because it's when he said Picard was incapacitated as Borg, right? So he Picard wouldn't have known any of this in, anyways. So I liked how they, the script and the dialogue went. And one thing is about this episode, it's really straightforward and simple, and the pace is fast. And I dug it. If you guys recall, season one of Picard, it took them four or five episodes for Picard to leave Earth. Yeah, yeah. And in this episode, he's they've done all the clues, everything's getting going and he's left Earth. He's even gotten on another ship and he's gotten to Beverly and he's about to meet the bad guy all in the first episode. And I think that's fantastic. It's great pace. It's a breakneck pace, but it's good. Okay, so uh, just, I, a, just a quick question then. So this code that Riker figures out that Beverly sends is all of that happened when Picard was assimilated? Yes, because Riker said that to him. And if you recall in the first, because I watched the episode when I came home from work and then I watched watched the first half again before the podcast. So I saw the first half again and I noticed in the cold open, Beverly is listening to a old log of Picard from yes. Best of Both Worlds, like or some altercation with the board. It's like right before his capture when they're in the the uh the okay. nebula hiding from them. That's yeah, the so, log. Yeah. So I think she's using some information from that time to create a you know a passcode or whatever. So that so, they would okay. be able to figure it so out. Card but she said to Picard, yeah but which he, he was yeah, exactly. yeah. So why did she send that to him when he wouldn't yeah, know she, specifically? Yeah, you're right. And also, he was assimilated for what, 45 minutes? I mean, all of this sh other shit happened? No, no, I think 45 minutes. This is the same thing that was happening with Luke on Dagobah. Everyone thinks he was there for like a day. He was there for months, man. It's the same thing. I think, no. they, I, think, I think Luke was on Dagobah for two weeks, I think is no, what no, the, no, no, the general... No, it months. wasn't months. It was months. They had no hyperdrive to get to Bespin. Anyways. Well, then it would have been same... decades or centuries. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't track either. And that doesn't really matter. But, no, it doesn't matter. But in, no, but, in this case, but, I thought there were scenes where Picard was Locutus and they were going and still doing some, destroying some fleets. And I think it's, no, it was like, hours. It, no, no, it's, it's like uh, maybe a few days tops. Because okay. the Borg, yeah, because the Borg go right to Wolf 359 after the Enterprise engages them and they chase them down as they soon go, as their warp drive comes up. Yeah, it's, they go through the Mars it's, defense, which is like three shots and they were done. That's <laughs> they were after done. Wolf 359. <laughs> Oh, I know. I just like the Mars defense, which is yeah, no exactly. defense at all. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. It's like a Borg leaned out the window and threw a rock at a... <laughs> no, no. Or like it's, a baseball bat at a mailbox. Or that's like Canada's, you know, naval fleet right there. It's like pop, pop, pop. Done. So there you go. Actually, that's not exactly true, but... <laughs> We don't get into that. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Okay, now let's talk about all of Raffi's scenes because she's not interacting with anyone. She's on this planet trying to figure out some information and then she goes on her ship and she's trying to decode the Red Lady and then she finally decodes it, goes to this other planet or district which then has a terrorist attack done upon that Starfleet base or whatever it is. So we have a few scenes of Raff in this episode. Jeff, let's talk about Raffi and all of those scenes. Well, I guess on. I was a little disappointed 
wanted that she was undercover. I thought it's more interesting that she's just a fucking addict again, but it's hard to regress a character at that point. And this is kind of bullshit mystery boxing a bit. Uh, like, ooh, Red Lady. And like, oh, what's the Red Lady? Like, And didn't they do Red something on Discovery? I yeah, the Red... Red Angel or something? The Red Angel, yeah. Hmm. I thought maybe there was going to be a connection there. And it turns out it's just a really badly colored statue of Rachel Garrett, Captain of the Enterprise C. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know why. Like, she's the Red Lady? Like, I don't get any of that. It was just really weird. When I saw yeah. Rachel Garrett on the screen, she figures that I'm like, oh, okay, so there's going to be a connection there. No, no connection there. Just an Easter egg. I'm, I'm fine with that Easter egg, but that's just that's just bad, bad writing. It's just bad mystery box writing right there. And I'm glad they kind of... At least they solved the mystery box. With yeah, that's the one positive, right? So it's like, there was a little mystery to get to this terrorist act, and that's it. At least it's not going to drag on all stuff. Yeah, and, I, and I'm good with that. It's just, it's nonsense. Mm. It's nonsense how they do it. Like, do something, just do something smart. Oh, no, like, they could, he could have just said, there's just rumor there's going to be an attack. Why? Yeah, like, exactly. All this red this lady really, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that stuff, I'm like, okay, come on, guys. Like, let's put this together here. And I like Michelle Hurd, and I'm, I'm fine that she's back. I hope they give her something to do. When she comes out of the bar, though, and then she's like, got to, like, take her communicator out and announce her, like, name and position. Yeah. Like, like, okay, come on. Like, come on, guys. Like, can we be more discreet. Out? Be more discreet. We'll be more discreet. I mean, they're saying it to me, the audience member. No, no. What they were doing there is that they're telling you dramatically that she's really not that much yeah. of a crack addict. That's what I'm and saying. she's undercover. However, That's... she still has well, she an addiction to... The the, yeah, yeah, she feels the pull. And later, when she's talking to the computer, it's like, what, 13 court marshals and still has a substance abuse problem. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know how this person's still like still around Starfleet, but anyways. Well, I mean, I could I see care. that's the kind of person you'd recruit to Starfleet intelligence, though. Crack addicts, but like that's the kind of person you want if if you want plausible deniability. If she gets caught somewhere, they'd be like, "We've got her file right here, guys." I think she gets caught by like the Tashiar or like Klingons or something like that. Yeah, she's not with us. Look at this file. We don't employ crack addicts. You know us. We're fucking Puritans over here at Starfleet. Like that's the kind of person I could believe is with Starfleet intelligence. That's all fine, and it all also reintroduces her character to people who haven't watched the show before. I didn't have a problem with that part. What I it was the part where she has to announce herself on the surface, like it was very it just, awkward. It was very strange. Like she may as well just like looked directly into the camera. Yeah, maybe just a, like a discreet beam me up, and then she could just go into the rest of it, and we would pick that up. That'd be easy to. T- we don't need the rest. Of it. It's not good writing. Well, I would say it's not good writing altogether with character, but I'm not a fan of the character. I think I've already talked about her enough. Anything else on Raffi? Well, how about the terrorist act? The effects or how it was done? Is so they, what did they kind of what kind did they do? Like they, they opened they, a wormhole and they yeah. did like a like if you guys suck. play the video game Portal and it's like yeah. down. I was gonna say it looked like a Doctor Strange portal, like mm-hmm. opened up. Like yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That'd be awesome if he's the villain. Kind of oh, neat. Uh, it's a neat effect. I don't know why you don't just blow Harry, things you up. You just launched. Future, but... You just launched an entire uh, fan fiction series of evil Doctor Strange versus Starfleet <laughs> <laughs> versus Jack Picard. There you go. There is a comic book series with TNG crossover with Doctor Who. Yes. Oh. It's just a novel. This is a legitimately published novel that I saw in a bookstore. TNG versus the X-Men. I am not making that up. Are you serious? I am not making that up. Wow. Are you sure it was a novel and not a graphic novel? No, it was just a regular novel. (laughs) Oh, wow. I feel like that doesn't lend itself to like a pro screen. I I don't know how that works, but. No, I don't know. No, they've had weird. I think they even had like a Planet of the Apes crossover. And a Green Lantern crossover as well. They've done tons of bananas. Yeah, they did a Green Lantern Star Trek. They've done tons of bananas crossovers with Star Trek. So no Star Wars, Star Trek crossover. They have all these other... Not yet. (laughs) 
the obvious one staring in the face, right? They had the Kelvin timeline versus the original timeline. Oh, they uh, did? I hope yeah. the original timeline just vaporized them all. Original timeline after coming back from like the Kelvin times, like so bright, so many like flares everywhere. I can't stand it. It was a pretty good dig. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Okay, I'm not going to talk more about that Raffi stuff, except for that. It was a cool effect about the, the building being portaled out and then dropped onto other buildings. That was kind of cool. And then the Rachel Garrett statue. At least they paid homage. It's a nice little Easter egg. I enjoyed that. So Why was she's so red. <laughs> Because she's the red lady. She looked like a gummy bear. Yeah, she did. Look, no, she why? looked like, like a piece from like a board game that's just been like yeah, super enlarged. Yeah. I yeah. hope Starfleet fired that contractor. The same contractor that Calgary hires to do the artwork in the city. Oh, boy. God. Like, many, many Republic credits spent needlessly. Any other comments on the red lady? No. Why was she so red? <laughs> Also, where so I, J- Jeff, I did not think that this would be a discussion point on today's well, it's show. So but that's confusing. Great. It's so confusing. <laughs> I, I, no, have I a love question. it. Where that attack took place, was that the same planet she was... No, she was on District 6, and this is a different district. Again, I don't understand... What's the planet? Is it a different planet or the same planet? I'm assuming the same planet, but that's really convenient, right? She was already on the planet, and then there's the planet again. Wasn't it Narendra 3 was the planet, wasn't it? That the Enterprise C saved. Yes. Right? Is that yes, right? Yes, you're right. This wasn't Narendra 3. They only talk, say, district. This said district that. No, no, That's they had it. the planet first, and then they, they went to the, yeah, they said, whatever the planet was, when they had the they, they had the wide shot of the planet at first, when we go to see Raffi, they had the wide shot of the planet, they said what planet it was, I don't remember, and then they zoomed into the bar, and they specified District 6. And I don't know why okay. they did that, because because the shit, what district it is of this planet that we've never heard of. <laughs> that we've so, never heard of, it's, yeah, it's so like, weird. It's like going to a city and saying, oh, here's the neighborhood in this city, like, well, who, who gives a shit? You're just on this planet like what the fucking i hate location card names it's just Mm -hmm, so do i i'm not a fan of that never have been just dumb okay well yeah i mean maybe we'll find out more about that in the next episode about which planet this was on so let's now talk about some more of the end stuff so after the bar so picard and Riker. so Riker says he may have a workaround to get to those coordinates on the edge of federation space so he takes picard to a starbase where the titan is being refitted and it's a neo-constitution class and they meet the new captain and the first officer is seven who now is not allowed to call herself seven of nine she goes by Annika Hansen she's a bit frustrated and we'll talk about everything now all the way till the end of the the show so everything on the titan and then Picard and Riker finally with seven's help gets to the place despite the captain's disapproval and they get on board and they find that Beverly is in some kind of chamber is frozen until she can be helped because she was injured in the beginning and that's her son there and then bad guys show up right there and it's a little bit of a cliffhanger so all of this stuff here when they were sort of plotting like oh hey we're gonna like try and pull a fast one or whatever and they've got a little bit of bickering on the shuttle pod I mean again like just the, the two actors you know just the way they could just like like fall right into the groove like that was great I really like the it's kind of dumb but I mean I really like like the production design of the Titan the decks look cool I like the uniforms that everyone's wearing I mean I like the bridge even though it's kind of falls into that like why is it so dark kind of nonsense I even like 
like that the pillows on the bed are still those hard, weird pillows that nobody would sleep on. Yeah, and that was actually kind of funny. Like, that was just being relegated to, uh, like, cadet quarters. So then what about then your impression of this new captain treating him that way? That was fucking weird. Like, it was... It's so strange, though, that, like, like right from the top, this Captain Shaw is just a dick to them as though he... I don't know if he, like, if he actually thought that there was, like, something up or whatever, but it, it is kind of weird, though, that you would sort of treat basically Starfleet royalty like that. I mean, I don't know much about naval traditions, but I'm I'm almost certain to kind of show that sort of disrespect to elder statesmen. I mean, that does not look well upon you to your crew, other than you're just a fucking dickhead. Although I guess maybe that kind of goes to his character, because obviously Seven of Nine, a.k.a. Annika Hansen, or is it the other way around? I don't know. Annika Hansen, uh, yeah, that's right. No, I just mean, is it Annika Hansen, a.k.a. Seven of Nine, or is it yeah. Seven of Nine, a.k.a. Yeah, so yeah. it's a loop. It's just, it's, it's a, a loop. loop. Yeah, okay. say it. yeah, I guess like the fact that she's frustrated by this captain, <clears throat> I guess maybe like that's maybe what they're going for. That's like, this guy is just kind of like a fucking turd. He's like a Jericho kind of guy. Jellico. Jellico. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, that would have been great if they actually got Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. <laughs> Ronnie Cox. <laughs> oh, shit. Can you imagine? Is I mean, I guess. Still? I, I don't know. I think, I think so. Yeah, that'd he is. Be, that'd be Oh, incredible. no, maybe not. Quagant. I just had to check. Yeah, no, he's still alive. I mean, he's 84. But they could just put him in one of those Christopher Pike wheelchairs and just get like a beeping <laughs> light. Yeah. Actually, the other character we get introduced to is Alondra. Is that her first name? Alondra LaForge? I didn't get the first name, but yes, LaForge. Yeah, I had to look it up because I didn't quite catch it either. I thought that was really awkward, the way they're just trying to embarrass her like that. on the. Well, yeah, that was the note I made. It's like, you know what, they're all excited to see her, which is mm-hmm. great. I love the affection they have towards her, but like they do embarrass Sitting. her in front of it was so. It was so old like man really behavior. Weird. It was oh. so old man. Like, I was like, oh, you guys, like you're just, you're being creeps. Like, this is not cool. It's like, yeah, like, didn't you crash that shuttle that time? Twice. Yeah, oh, jeez. But then the dinner with Captain Shaw there was kind of, I mean, it's weird. And I didn't know if this was part of the plan or not. It's like, oh, they kind of knew who Shaw, I don't know. No. It was. You could see Riker and Picard both had a look of shock on their yes, face. But and then I, afterwards they said, yes. we don't know what we're going to do short of mute. Afterwards. But I, I was just like, okay, are the writers going to, are they pulling like a switcheroo where it's like, oh, no, plan is uh, failed. Oh, but they expect him to do that like it's just feels like it's like it was set up for something no like. no you're kind of right writers are doing this and this is my prediction that he'll be a nice guy and a friend at the end of the season like he'll have a turnaround that's my guess i guess or I he'll know. be killed off and then seven gets to be capped there you that go. almost feels a little more likely yeah that she'll get to be captain by by the end and yeah, he'll be this isn't the fast and furious where you like we just bring everyone along to the next one everyone's it's all, all about family now. it's all about family space it's family and space isn't that the next one they're in space or something they already went to space Oh, they, they did? Went, oh, yeah, they went, that was the last one, so... I, I didn't watch that. I was dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I was done after the pinnacle of the series, which was Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. That was the pinnacle <laughs> of the franchise. And after that, I was out, called oh, it. Called it? Okay. Here um, you yeah. you little, can't top a drift, Harry. You cannot top a oh, drift. Oh, they have topped it unbelievably so, nope. but they've done it. Nope. That's actually no, the only not. one I, I have not seen. Tokyo Drift is low-key really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's the only one I haven't seen. Even though it's like now like... All in on Fast and the Furious. You have not seen Tokyo Drift? No, I did not see it. I'm not joking. It's good. Is it like... <laughs> like good as in like five and seven good or just like better well, than it's one different two. Movie. well you've seen two right yes and that's a okay sack. that's so, garbage yeah y- yeah so then you've got to watch tokyo drift because tokyo drift is actually good okay well, i mean I, at some point i'm going to watch all of them for fast 11 good god comes out anyways i w- 
was back to the show. I was a little disappointed that their whole plan was just to go on a ship and just like and just order the try and order the captain. Yeah, that is a little bit. Did they think this plan was going to work? Yeah, like I don't understand. You don't think like they could have done like a charter thing? It's like just go to the same bar where that guy with the big ears is. Is like Genesis. Just do that. Why are they trying to trick this guy? And that's why that's why I thought the whole thing was like going to be a switcheroo when he said no because like wait is their plan that stupid? Like they're just going to order him? Like anyways. Well, okay. So let me. I am not an expert on Navy protocol either, as Nathan mentioned. But I feel like if two guys who basically have no position in Starfleet at all, right? We got a retired admiral and a captain who doesn't have a ship, show up on some ship and be like, oh, surprise inspection. Now we want I you to go somewhere. Feel else. like, yeah, we're gonna go here. I feel like the captain of the ship's gonna be like, cool, real quick, I'm just gonna go call Starfleet Command. Just, yeah. <laughs> just real quick on this one. You guys go ahead and yeah. have a, like I'm sorry. <laughs> That's really well, dumb. So, I agree. It, it is dumb. It is dumb, but TNG has done this and circumvented this bullshit all the time. When? You know, it's just like, oh, well, here comes an admiral or here comes a high-ranking officer or someone with respect and say, hey, no, 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 I need you to listen to me and we're going to be doing this. No, no, no. That's an actual admiral issuing orders on an actual mission from Starkly Command. They've I know never been like who's this no no I know these are all never I agree with but these are all loose rules in the Star Trek TV land yeah, this is no, what happens no it, it this has never happened before never even in Star Trek 3 when they had to commandeer the I know, Enterprise I know I know, I know. Kirk, they knew that they Kirk had to steal orders. Yeah, had the to ship it. and sabotage another ship in order to get away with it and they knew that their careers were over they should have done that here that would have been fantastic exactly yeah. they should have either done that here or done what Nathan said and what they did in season one, which was let's hire ship. Hiring the ship is your first and, logical step. And, and like, like yeah. what's the one thing Beverly told Jean-Luc not to don't do? Inv- don't involve Starfleet. Don't involve Starfleet. That's the first thing he fucking does. Not only does he go to Riker, who's still in Starfleet, he goes to Riker and they get a Starfleet ship. It Prominent. sort of seems like between the two of them, you tell me these two guys, these two legends of the galaxy don't have like a couple of favors they can call in to well, get and, a fucking ship. And that's what I was going to say is like you could, if you want to just do the whole, we don't know how to get through this. We need an easy way to write over this huge hole in the drywall. It's, I called in some favors. Yeah. Done. That is so much better than all of this nonsense that they went through here. Not to mention, and I'm sorry to step on, you know, it wasn't officially my turn. One, Riker's old ship, the tight, close at hand in space dock that they can commandeer. Two, happens to have seven of nine as its first fucking officer. And three, happens to have the daughter of Jordy LaForge as its helms. I'm sorry. All of that is absolutely, it's just so fucking lazy. It's such lazy writing. The force works in mysterious <laughs> ways. <If> only... <laughs> I mean, I'll give you one of those three things, three things, four things. I'll give you one of those things, but not all of them. That's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the plan on top of it all being, oh, we're just going to show up. And the hubris of it to show up and be like, this is going to work. This is totally going to work. 100%. The plan is really, really weird. It's like, you know, we're just going to go there. We're going to, and Riker even says, we're going to have to convince them. Yeah, yeah. How do you work that out? And they don't even do that part. No, they don't. They didn't even try it. <laughs> they just expect yeah. their legendary 
legendary status to carry it through. Which would really have it. been fun, actually, if they saunter on there thinking they're hot shit. Yeah. And right. everyone's like, no, you don't belong here. We're putting you in the brig. Hold on, but, the, <laughs> but this fits with Captain Picard's ego. In season one, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, he goes to Starfleet headquarters and he's shocked to find that nobody knows of who he is. Well, well not only that. he doesn't have the pool anymore. You're right. And not only that, when he goes and he's like, I'll accept a provisional demotion to captain in order to carry out this mission. And they're like, what? Get out of here. That was good because he does have, he, of course he has an ego. Would have worked good is if they had sauntered on there and they'd be like, well, you guys can like hang out in the observation lounge. We got a mission to get going on here. So, you know. They, you know what they, I would have loved? All of this could have been forgiven is if Riker told this new Captain Shaw, he told him to shut up and he said, I want you to shut your mouth as in stop talking. <laughs> You know, he does, close your mouth he close and, out stop and stop talking. talking in the same manner. If he did that scene, awesome. If he could have just, I mean, it would have been better if he had just punched him out or something and like, okay, but they weren't ready uh, now. Cause so to go in, I actually really like the shock character. He's a douche. And Harry, you know, my love of asshole characters. He we was to, great. We, we need to explore this one day, Jeff. I didn't no, it's, I think it's just fun to see a character who's not bad or evil. He's just kind of an asshole. And it's he was fun right. to watch. Yeah. He's totally yeah, right. He's, he's totally, totally right. right. But yeah, but he he was an asshole. Oh, so he's we, totally we agree. Both. Yeah. He's both. He's and I loved his line. He's eating dinner and they get there and they're like, Oh, are we late? And he's like, No, your reputation I started when your reputation entered the room or something like that. It's a great line. Such a good oh, line. But like, what a fucking asshole. I oh, know. Shit. Yeah. He was, it was I a great need, line. Yeah. I great need line. to punch the motherfucker out, honestly. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, no, you want to punch him, and that's why it's it's just so much it's fun to have these characters, especially in Star Trek. We, we don't get a lot of these types of characters, and it's it was just good. And yeah, he's you know, it was great. It's funny how um, that's reversed. You know, now the admirals are the good guys and the captains are the assholes. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a twist of fate for sure. We needed we needed that other admiral to come accompany Picard. What was her name? One that needed to be... Nechea? Yeah, Nechea. She needed to be plowed by Picard the whole you time. You know what we actually need is a Commodore. We haven't had a Commodore. <laughs> a Commodore. Oh, my God. Commodore. Didn't Commodore they, 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 I mean, didn't they just kind of do away with that? Well, no, they, they had a Commodore in season one. She was a Romulan spy. Oh, oh that's right. You guys remember. Yeah, but... Uh, that's the first Commodore we've had since the uh, original series. In which they we, took orders from her to go near Robin space and do whatever she wanted. That's right, yeah. So there you but, go. But I'll say, I, I mean, I will say this. I know I've been talking shit on this episode. Wasn't it great, though, that they focused the whole episode on Picard and Riker? Like, they spent the whole episode yes, and together, hanging and out. Everything was great. As he said, road trip. Yeah. You know, it's just awesome. And then even when they were, like, afterwards, like, he put them in that cadet cabin. Yeah, they're on the bunk beds yeah. there. They're in the bunk beds. That was so Oh. funny that was awesome and they're just talking to each other and yeah. it reminded me of star trek 6 yeah you know where kirk and bones the, are talking to the, each uh, other yeah in the mm-hmm. prison camp there in the prison camp oh it's so good i'm so happy we got scenes like me too it, all it, of this it, bullshit amazing. that we've been talking about is worth it for me oh, sorry most of it is worth it for carden Riker to, to just basically be hanging out it's fantastic and you also didn't get a couple of the lines there when they were on the shuttle going to the tight and like Riker's saying yeah we got to make it work you got to sell it you got to give that scowl yeah. of the thing and then he gives yeah. him that look. Picard oh, gives is. him that look and he goes oh there it is and it's like so great you know yeah. the one thing is you know actually I want to say this even though they work really well off each other and they always have to me the star of this episode is Frakes yeah uh, that's just my honest yeah. opinion no he I, carries I right. he carries this fucking episode he is a boss and just like Shatner playing Kirk and it's not in the same exact way but there's a sparkle in his eye there's that charisma yeah and it's just that joyous presence that's there there's a presence with him which yeah. and I'm glad like Stuart feeds really well off him 
them here, and they work yeah. really well together. But oh my God, Riker steals the show. The Riker blends. Oh, the, the Riker, Riker blends. Everything about him. And uh, like Frakes, so great. Frakes doesn't act. He hasn't I acted. I mean, I know he's in a couple episodes of season one, but he's not acted since TNG left the air, and he just fucking rolls right back into the role. It's incredible. That's because Frakes is right, Jeff. Yeah, I think it's a lot of. Of course, I just, yeah, I just watched an interview. You guys, you know who Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah, is yeah. So he's got like a like his own little talk show on YouTube, and he had Frakes on there this week, and it's like, oh, Frakes is just Riker. Yeah, that's that's all it is. Frakes is game, man. He'll go on everybody's podcast. He'll do every little YouTube show, and yeah. it feels that he loves it so much. He's so into we, it. We got to yeah. get him on the show, there, Jeff. There you go. I would be so intimidated to no. to talk Why? To, to Frakes. Why? The guy's like six foot three. I mean, I don't know. He I would just because you're, you're he's talk- a legend. He's, he's a not, god. He's not sitting beside you. He's he's a legend. But I would see him mounting that chair in front of in my mind's eye. <laughs> he is a god among mice. If it was us, for sure. Now, after a couple drinks at a bar, I could probably. Anyways, yeah. I love me some Frakes. He was a boss. How about LaForge's daughter, whatever her first name? I just said yeah. what her name is. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say. Sydney. Fair enough. And then we talked about Captain Shaw. And how about Seven? Let's talk. About oh no, about it Seven. was Alandra. Sorry, it's Alandra, not Alandra. The other, he has another daughter. That's Lavar's actual daughter. Yes. She did a good job. Good first impression yeah. there. Um, and I assume she's coming. She'll be around for a few episodes, right? Like, I assume that. Well, I'm assuming the Titan's going to stick around for a while here. So, yeah. <clears throat> in this season. So, let's talk about Seven quickly here. Any comments on Seven? Her frustrations? I know you don't like the coincidence that she's the first officer here, Jeff. I get it. Be that as it may. Your thoughts? Jerry Ryan's fucking still a fucking comet. I love Seven of Nine as a character. I love Jerry Ryan. I'm glad she's here. I will accept the coincidence for. For her presence. Great to see her in a Starfleet uniform. You know what I actually want is after season three of Picard, I want a spinoff. I want Star Trek seven of nine as her as the captain of her own. Sh- I want that Star Trek show. She's magnetic. She just does it all. I will have to disagree. I want Star Trek Cisco. No, you can't have Star Trek Cisco because they can't film an insane asylum. It's actually a law. <laughs> it's like cemeteries. You're not allowed to shoot in cemeteries. You, can't, you just can't go in there. That makes it all the better. I need Cisco. Anyways, you uh, could probably do like a paranormal like. <laughs> Style show, <laughs> like sound, right? Paranormal activity in Captain there, Cisco. you know. And but it'd be him like flashing back to that, like when he's like that author, and then in the yeah, that's right. That's about all you could oh, do. Awesome. Favors. I'll take it. I'll take it. It'll be the best, the best season ever of Trek. Okay, so how about yourself, Stephanie? Any any comments on Seven here before we get to the end? I mostly just kind of agree with Jeff. I mean, I, I think like kind of setting up her frustration with like sort of like her, what Starfleet has now turned into for her after like having been rejected. It's weird because I did not really feel like a huge journey for her in Voyager up until like the very end of the show. And then it's sort of briefly mentioned, I think, in season one of Picard. And so to see this here, it's like, it's like, oh, like, you know, be careful what you wish for. She's like, is this even what I'm supposed to be doing sort of thing? But I like that. I mean, I think that's, oh, no, I that's do. interesting. I, yeah. I think that's good because that's a good, like, uh, that's actual character development that we're actually that's getting. Right. And even the way Captain Shaw there gets more character development than I think a lot of other characters in, like, previous seasons even get without even anyone even really around him. Like, the dinner scene is really good, but even when Seven says, well, the captain's invited you to dinner and Riker's kind of excited and she's like, oh, I would, it's <laughs> like, this, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, temper your expectations or something yeah. like that. It's like, it was all, like, really great setup. The fact that she just kind of like just went out and like disobeyed well disobeyed orders I guess in a way well this is um, part of the course for Trek yeah, in a way it? yeah directly disobeyed orders I think but anyway every Star Trek character has done that cannot argue no no it's that. fine oh that's true it's that's fine. it's a long a long tradition 
Yeah, I'd be, I'd be down for a seven to nine Star Trek spinoff. We can have it all, guys. Like we, we don't have to like have only one at a time. We can have multiple. No, well, exactly. Like I think it's actually a good idea. I think like she could lead a show. She's great. She's charismatic. You could do a show that has a smaller cast, and part of it is like her flashbacks to her journey between Voyager and and now, or, or you know, like she's with the the Fenris Rangers and all that stuff. Or you could just get rid of all that. She's just. I'd say get rid of all that because it's like at some point you got to answer the Chakotay question. It's like we don't need to bring Bell into this <laughs> no but but he got zapped into the future if you guys watch the cartoon star trek prodigy we answer the beltran question oh we do okay i have yes. not watched I, that i, I, I have not i've not it's actually it, pretty solid I, I hear it's good i i've been meaning to watch it i just i had a hard time getting through like first episodes so. in a good way it has a real saturday morning cartoon vibe to it and that's a compliment okay anyway i mean you, you've got kids it's right in the wheelhouse for your kids. no i have tried i have tried star trek is a no to them they're kids you make I them know. do what you want that's how it works <laughs> <laughs> Again, that ship has sailed, Jeff. Do you want it, breakfast? Uh, Watch this TV show. Okay, that's tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> or Saturday. There you Saturday, go. There you go. Saturday, Saturday this morning. Saturday morning. Okay, fair enough. I will give that a go. I'll let you know what happens next yeah. time. Okay, so now Picard and Riker. So seven disobeys orders, takes them to those coordinates, the edge of Federation space. So Picard and Riker head to Beverly's ship, board it, meet her son, which is the surprise twist. And then they get the cliffhanger saying, well, who's chasing you? And then the big bad rolls out. You see the ship i got vibes of nemesis here yeah coming out with that ship the scimitar or whatever it is from nemesis and the nebula and all that stuff you know this is a trope in trek now it looks like we're going to even and we can talk about it guys just from the trailers it looks like there's a character amanda Plummer plays this character who is out seems to be out for vengeance against picard or perhaps crusher or the whole tng crew we can get into that because we know the whole crew is coming back for this series except for data even though spiner's here so let's talk about the last few scenes here I had the same thought that you did. I had some Nemesis vibes there. The Scimitar or even Nero's ship from Star Trek 09, the, the Romulan mining ship, because this is the same era. Or, well, actually much after that. So I had some similar vibes there. I hope she acquits herself better than the villains in Nemesis. Okay, it's fine. As soon as I, because I knew that guy was on the show. I'd seen pictures of him. Who? Sorry, her son. Oh, okay. But I didn't know that it was her son when I just, I, you know, you see pictures and stuff. So here's some guy who's a character. As soon as he shows up, it just popped in my head. Oh, is that her son? And I hope course, it's not Picard's son. Begs yeah. the question, is Picard's son? I don't oh. think they're going to do that. I hope they don't. They really play up the fact that, well, well why didn't she talk to us for 20 years? Which was really odd to yeah. me as well. And I think if it's Picard's son, she doesn't just be like, I better get out of here. I cut and run. Then it begs the question, who is the father? And then you got to go all that stuff. And anyway, well, I, I guess those questions will be answered and we'll see. And hopefully they don't drop the ball on any of that. You know, we don't know anything about the villains. It's interesting. They didn't really do this too much on the show. They did it a little bit where like, you know, like the production design always lets you know that this alien is the bad guy. But very rarely did they make it so overt until you get to, I think, like, until you get to Star Trek Nemesis with this really, these pointy, sharp, aggressive-looking spacecraft that you just probably wouldn't design. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, of that type of design for spaceships. Like, why do you make it look like it's a big crab? You know, like, that doesn't seem practical. Mm -hmm. So... 
I'll criticize that. That's a nitpick for sure. I didn't get a chance to talk about the design of the Titan, which I love. So awesome. Yeah. Like it's got kind of that chunky Starfleet. Like it's a modern constitution. constitution. Class. They call it, they yeah. call it the Neo, the Neo constitution. constitution. Yeah. It feels like the original Enterprise. Absolutely. I love it. I love, I'm in love with that ship. Oh. I think it looks great. I like they kind of go to that design because sometimes the, like when they go to different designs, they, they try to like out sleek the old designs all the time. And I think that's a mistake, especially when you get to discovery and they go to the future and everything's just like, uh, they got these weird points and angles and stuff. And I just don't think it, it looks good. I think this is resonating with both of us, Harry, and I'll assume Nathan as well. Like it has that look where it's, well, it's just, it calls back to the old design while still feeling like a new design, you know? Yeah, and nice, they did a great I, job with that. So I, I like that. Even the, even Beverly ship sort of a similar feel to it where it call back to the old stuff, but still looks new. I think that's the right direction. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm interested. I'm, I, I'm interested. And that's more that I could say after watching first couple episodes of the first two seasons. For some reason, I kind of had like the impression that that was going to be her son. I don't know why I just kind of thought that. And so like the reveal was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I did sort of, yeah. And I like the design of her ship as well. Cause it also, is it supposed to be older slightly? I got that impression anyway. Yeah. yeah like Older, like, smaller. It's just a medical vessel. Yeah. Well, older in the I'm sense assuming. that it's more from like the classic next gen yeah. era. Because it, it has right. the old like Elcar's interface yeah. system, not mm. the new updated one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So so all that I kinda like. I kind of wish we had like a little bit more time of them being on her ship and it's like, okay, well, what's going on here? Riker's kind of like looking through the ash, like, you know, what kind of weapon mm. does this sort of thing? And then sort of the reveal of the other ship. It's sort of a weird mash of like a couple of different things. It also has like a little bit of like Ferengi design almost a little bit as well. Mm. It's strange, like because next gen sort of introduced like this, like, like the these sleeker types of ships that are not. It looks like kids idea of like what a bad guy's spaceship is. Supposed yeah. To be, yeah. You know, like and that's kind of what I was trying to say. If you look at the TNG version of the Romulan Warbird, for example, it does look menacing, but it still has like a real sleek and a very cool design, but still yeah. very sleek. And it's not the, oh, this is a bad guy. Yeah. It, it's like basically like adding like a bunch of like spikes to like a leather jacket. <laughs> so, you know, like that's like, I'm cool, man. I'm a badass, yeah. you know? And yeah, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. I mean, it's like, okay, I sort of wish we had a little bit more. Who is that actor, by the way? He looks familiar. I didn't recognize him. No, I didn't didn't recognize him either. Does he just like look like just like generic British actor guy? Maybe. Okay, I'll have to look him up later. But yeah, he looked kind of familiar to me. He has a British accent, but he might be French. <laughs> Despite being raised by Gates McFadden, who is what? Irish? Scottish. Scottish? There you go. I, I, I believe so, yeah. yeah. So I guess he just grew up listening to Picard's old mission logs. Yeah, those old, yeah, those old personal logs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it uh, the ending's fine. It's like, okay, cool. We've got kind of the reveal. I am curious to see whose ship is that. Because I, I feel like we've got like two villains to contend with in this show based on the trailer. We've seen the trailer. Why don't you take a minute? So obviously we know that you got, you've seen the trailer too, Jeff, right? All the trailers? Uh, yes, I have. So then we know that Moriarty's coming back yeah. in some form. And Amanda Plummer seems to be the one hell-bent on all of this destruction. I'm assuming the ship has Amanda Plummer. And she... I'm assuming she'll be in line with Moriarty in some way or another. Mm, I feel like he's going to end up being an ally. Really? Okay, interesting. Interesting guess. And then, obviously, you know, you can't have all the cast back without Brent Spiner, who will rear his head again in some fashion here. They uh, showed him the trailer. He's yeah, yeah, lore. Yeah, he's, he's in the lore. trailer, yeah. He's in the trailer, Is lore. So, I mean, I don't know how this all fits together. We'll find out. But you guys have any comments for that? 
before we wrap this up for today? Like the idea of having him back or? Yeah, Lore, Moriarty, this other character. Seeing, Mor- yeah, seeing this- Moriarty come back is crazy but kind of good i mean i like that i don't know if i don't think he'll be a maybe a villain i think he'll be a foil of some kind but not an out and out you know like bad guy the way like lore is like more of an evil type of character who's yeah i just hope they don't take a stick yeah i just hope they don't shoehorn all these characters in like babe there's a lot of easter eggs in this episode I think it can be a good thing, but I hope it doesn't end up being a bad thing. It just now feels like this character, like we're not getting, this season's not going to be the exploration of any social commentary or anything. It's not going to dive into anything that Patrick Stewart wanted to dive in for his own exploration and vanity project sake and all that stuff. It's just going to be, here's the crew. It's going to be, here's a villain and they're going to fight the villain all together. And that's pretty much what I'm thinking the season's going to be, okay. you know, kind of like more of a celebration of Star Trek without doing anything meaningful. I mean, there still could be meaningful moments for the characters. We got some here with Riker and Picard talking together and being together and hanging up together. This is all good things. But I guess then your thought about it. You're going to get 10 episodes. It's not a two-hour movie. It's a 10-hour episode thing. If it's not discussing anything meaningful, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Or is it just a wait and see? We'll see what happens here. Well, I guess, question to you guys. Well, the first two seasons didn't work. And I no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't work. And there's a lot of reasons why they didn't. But the attempt at social commentary isn't the reason why they didn't work. It didn't work because they were poorly written. And that, that's really what it kind of comes down to. Well, one, okay, they were poorly written. And two, they weren't Star Trek. There was nothing Star Trek about either of those seasons the first one had a little bit more star trek in it than the second one i don't care what patrick stewart says you can be as different as you want it's still got to be star trek and what's great about star trek is star trek can be everything and anything we've all watched every hour of star trek and from the original series all the way to discovery strange new worlds like you can be a comedy one week and a sci-fi bender one week and a western and fucking family drama it's everything so that's a good thing and a bad thing when you're a writer is like what do we make we can make whatever we want action adventure it can be a submarine cat and mouse thrill like it could be whatever we want but you got to pick you kind of got to pick something yeah focus yeah you got to focus and now when you're doing tng original series or even strange new worlds where you're doing like just episode by episode you don't really need to pick you just have to pick one for this episode and then next week you can do the other thing like i want to do a western cool episode 14 uh, western i want to do a comedy cool episode 18 and there's room for it and it's it's almost like you almost have room to fail like if it's not going to work doesn't matter we have 25 other episodes of season to make the show work you know like that was an asset in a sense back then here and i've talked about this before when we reviewed the show you only have 10 episodes so you can't waste any time however what i got the impression of the first two seasons is they were so (laughs) obsessed with making it not suck that they made it suck like they, they, they just were so scared of it not being awesome that they didn't actually do what they set out to do which is do something different and they just ended up doing something that was boring in a sense, right? So if they're just going to do cat and mouse game, we're going to fight the villain and blow her up. Great. Do that. Wrath of Khan did that. It was awesome. If you want to do more political thriller intrigue, do that, right? Star Trek Six did that and it was fucking awesome. If you just want to do, we're going to beat the villain. First Contact did that and it was fucking awesome. So I hope that they figure out what they want to do there and give the characters their payoffs because unfortunately nobody ever got their payoffs. Really not. I don't think a single character really got his payoff in TNG if you take the movies into account. I think they 
they really owe a lot of people that send off. So if they're able to do that, well, just finding the right way, we got a lane here. And for all of the shit that I've talked in this first episode here, I think they, they've got a straight shot at it. And I'm really, really hoping and I'm optimistic that they can, they can hit it. I think I largely agree with Jeff. And when I looked it up, my heart was lifted to see that Akiva Goldsman is not involved in any of the writing. <laughs> I think Kurtzman's far away from this season as well. So that's a good, two good yeah. Signs. So I, I mean, even though they're, they are still producers, they're just getting money off of it. It's a yeah. sad, sad world where they're getting rich off other people's work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. I don't want to say anything more. I only have bad things to that, say. That, that's a whole, yeah, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So let's get into our final thoughts here. So, Nathan, your thoughts on this first episode? Okay, so, I mean, it still has, I think, some of the same problems that the other two seasons have with, like, just not, like, just kind of meandering and some of the writing is a little bit weak at times and relies, not relies too much on, but has too many, hey, you remember this sort of thing going on? But I feel it's a little bit stronger than anything I've seen so far or what I remember of season two. I am hopeful that this is actually, like, like a good start. Okay. Jeff, you can have last. I dug it. My heart was fluttering through this episode. There are problems, as you talked about with the story and some of the coincidences and them not having a plan. Riker and Picard getting onto the Titan and the, you know, the ego and the hubris of, you know, (laughs) them thinking that's going to work. So that's kind of funny. And, you know, there's some bad writing here. But this episode just felt joyous to me. It's like a step in the right direction. You're kind of back to the wagon train to the stars kind of thing in that sense. We talked about Riker having that kind of spirit and charisma sparkle in the eye kind of thing. I really dug it and I really, really loved the fact that this episode, the pacing of this episode, it did not linger. It did not just stop in its tracks like the first two seasons of Picard. As I said, season one it took four or five episodes for them to leave fucking Earth. And here they did it in one episode and more. More things happened even beyond that. And that was fantastic. So I feel like we are on track to something of an improvement to the other two seasons and you know this felt like more of a celebration of TNG which is what I think we I felt I needed based on the last two episodes of Picard which were slogs they were garbage shit at seasons and I hated it I didn't enjoy any of it and I enjoyed this episode from the production design to the acting to the performances to the pacing to the details that you talk about Elcar system you talk about ship design you talk about the new Titan Neo-Constitution class. And then the score is absolutely incredible. We didn't talk about the end credits there. You get the first contact music along with the TNG music. And through the whole episode, you get a little bit of that Star Trek Three music when they're leaving Space Dock. Some hints of Star Trek Two, hints of first contact. It just made me feel right at home. And, you know, they could trick you with these kind of things, making you feel comfortable and saying that's enough. But I'm hoping that they will have a tighter season, a little bit more focus and that's where we'll judge later but it's a great great start i love this first episode best episode of trek probably since the first episode of discovery for me and i do not watch discovery anymore. i stopped after season two i watched a few episodes of season three i was done i do dig strange new worlds a little bit it's not perfect to me this is the best episode since the pilot of discovery and way better than anything jj gave us i'm on board i love it jeff you get the last word yeah i'm all set I had plenty of criticisms of this episode, but if this is what the season's going to be, I'm in. And hey, listen, if it's a cynical cash-in, that's fine if you, that's fine, as long as it's right. 
if what they're going to do is give me the next generation crew in various permutations and combinations and show me how those actors work together and those characters work together again, I'm good. I will probably forgive it just about any storytelling weakness because there were a lot of them in this episode. And at the end of the day, I don't give a shit about any of that because the Riker Picard stuff was magic. They were on point with it. And if we're, if we're going to do that with all of the TNG characters for nine more episodes, yeah, I'm in, baby. Oh, fantastic. So, Card is on the right track, finally. And hopefully it stays the course. You know, second start to the right, straight until morning. Let's hope that happens. So, thank you, gentlemen. I know we went over by half an hour here on what our target was, but it is Star Trek, something we love to talk about. So, just so you guys know, and anyone else who will be listening, maybe we will not do episode-by-episode breakdowns. Jeff, I think you agree. Let's maybe do every two episodes from this point forward, and we'll yeah. go from there. Yeah. Beauty. All right. Well, see you guys after episode three. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. You guys have a good night. Why was she so red?